Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. My name is Pastor Aaron. I have the great privilege of being the senior pastor here. You just heard from our missionaries, Bill and Becky Petit from Japan. It's something that our missions team wants to continue to incorporate, and that is just getting uh, just a public little personal message to us, give us some updates, and then uh, we want to pray for them. So if you would, uh, let's do this. Uh, I'd like to just pause and pray, pray for Bill and Becky and a couple prayer requests that they shared. But also, uh, I'd love for us just to spend a few moments in prayer for VBS. And so if we would do that, if you would do that right now where you're seated, if you're willing to do that, uh, just quietly, uh, just to pause and pray that God would bring the children and the families that he would desire uh, to bring them here uh, this week, that the message would be clear, that they would understand the message uh, that God wants us to share with them, and that there would be decisions that that seed that's planted or has it already been planted would germinate and would grow. So would you pause and would you pray, and then I'll, I'll lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for being our God, a God that hears us, a God that we can cry out to, that we can call out to, a God that we can trust and depend upon and lean upon. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that you've laid before us this week with Vacation Bible School. Lord, you've used VBS in the hearts and the minds of children for many days and many years in many ways. And Lord, we have this great privilege this week of beginning tonight, Lord, of, of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, of sharing how God's power through Jesus, Jesus's power can pull us through, pull us through the darkest and the deepest, the hardest times, Lord, also through the best times. And so Lord, we pray that as the families and the children that you desire to be here Lord, that you, as you bring them, they would be overwhelmed by your goodness. They would be overwhelmed with the message that they hear, that you would give our teachers strength and stamina, give them a peace and a calmness as they share. Lord, that the message would be clear and it would be understood. That you would work in the minds and the hearts of the children and even the families that would come that as they hear the gospel message, they would understand it. They would place their faith and trust in Jesus, that they would believe. And that those who have already had that, that, that personal relationship with Jesus, that they would continue to grow. That our children would grow in their understanding of who you are, of your word. That the verses that they memorize, that the, 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 the activities they're a part of. Lord, that would just grow them in their faith and their understanding of how loving and kind and gracious and holy and righteous you are, and also how the body of Christ can work together. Lord, we pray for safety. We pray for good weather. We pray that you would take away any of the distractions that may inhibit, inhibit us from clearly sharing. Lord, that we cast it all before you and ask for you to work and provide 
Lord, we know that there may be challenges ahead in these days this week, but we just ask that you would give us grace, give us the strength, the wisdom, Lord, the, the capacity to work through each one of those difficulties and the challenges that lay before us. Lord, we know that when great things happen, Satan wants to stop that. And so, Lord, we just entrust you uh, with who we are and the facilities that we have and all that you're going to, the children and families that you're going to entrust us with, we just commit it all to you and ask for you to be glorified through us. Lord, thank you for Bill and Becky Petit in Japan. Thank you for their faithfulness and service all these years, Lord. It is such a privilege to partner with them in the gospel message. We pray your hand of blessing that would continue to pour over them in their ministry during such a difficult time through COVID and the difficulty. Lord, we heard it. We could sense it in their voice. The the hard, hard uh, opportunity that lays before them, and yet you've given them opportunities, but, but it's not like it was, and the challenges are there, and so help them not to grow weary or discouraged. Lord, help continue to use them and, 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 and allow the message to ring through their lives, through their voices, through their eyes. Lord, I pray for the English class that Becky's leading. I pray that you would continue to use her in a great way. And as this one uh, um, lady is interested and is kind of perked up to the gospel, I just pray that you would open her heart to that and to receive Jesus as her Savior. Lord, there's a couple that they're working through and with some difficulty with, and I just pray for that couple that you would help uh, Bill and Becky to be able to meet with them and, Lord, give them opportunity to be able to pour into their lives your love. Lord, we pray for this, uh, this gentleman, uh, Kanta, and, Lord, we pray as Bill is meeting with him with this Bible study that you would uh, continue to give him a hunger and a desire to know you more, that he would live out his life in a way that truly reflects his faith in Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we pray for this gentleman, this young man, uh, Chachi, Lord, as his heart is hard, Lord, I pray that you would soften it. Lord, that as he continues to hear and be there with his mother and to hear the gospel message and to see the love of God displayed, Lord, I just pray that you would soften his heart, that he may come to know Jesus. Lord, what a privilege it is to live our lives in such a way that reflects you. And again, we just pray your protection and your blessing upon Bill and Becky. May you continue to further the gospel there in Japan so that the nation may know that there is hope and that there is a Savior. Lord, as we open up your word and as we even talk about prayer, Lord, help teach us to pray. Help us to understand what it means this morning of our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 9 this morning. Last week, we started a new series entitled, Teach Us to Pray, and we're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer together. And uh, last week was, When You Pray, and we looked at the verses leading up to the Lord's Prayer, and today we're going to look at this, um, the end of verse 9, which is the beginning of of this prayer. I want to take a moment and if you would read it with me and uh, if you would too would you just stand with me and would you it'll be up on the screen it should be up on the screen here 
and you can read it with me. You may know it. Uh, you may um, have a different version that you've memorized, uh, which is fine. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, ways of saying it. This is what we're going to say, and I'd like for us to do it each Sunday as it becomes just part of, as we walk through it, it becomes ingrained in our mind and in our hearts as we think about this. And hopefully through the weeks, as we pray, as we say it and pray it, that it, it will remind us of the things that we're learning as we go along the way. So let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So this morning we're going to look at this uh, phrase, our father. Um, as I was reviewing this morning, I started getting choked up and I'm going to try not to now as my introduction. But man, can I just tell you that being a father is really special, isn't it? For those of you that are dads, and uh, and let me just pause for a moment. I, I know a, a group of this size, I know that there are people who are sitting here this morning that grew up with, with not so good dads. I understand that, and I know that, and, and I feel for you. And I, I, I can just barely understand, you know, the, the harshness and the hardness and the difficulty that maybe you walked through. And so as, as, as I talk this morning, understand and know that we have a perfect heavenly father. And yet I know that I'm not a perfect father. And I know my dad was not a perfect father. And yet when I share, uh, you know, for me, being a dad is really special. And uh, to think that our family is changing as Lene gets ready to go to college and uh, kind of branch out to, to know that, man, we... We did a lot of good things and a lot of right things, but man, I look back and there's a lot of things I wish I could do do differently. And maybe maybe you've walked through that and you've thought through that uh, and worked through that. But being a father is really special. And uh, and I think of my own dad, and my dad broke the cycle um, that was part of his family in in, in dealing with alcoholism. Uh, my dad saw the way the alcohol affected him. And his family, he was the oldest of all of his siblings. Uh, my dad would often go to um, the bar on Friday uh, in time to try to retrieve some of uh, Grandpa's paycheck if he hadn't already drank it all away, just so that they could have something um, and, and so to provide for his family. He also saw quite a bit of abuse with his what alcohol did with his dad and his mom. And so thankfully, God, God protected and God provided. And my grandfather um, uh, stopped drinking later on in life. And, uh, and, and yet I look at that and my dad kind of broke that. He broke that cycle. He didn't want that. He didn't want that in his home. And, uh, and I remember seeing some pictures. Um, he, my dad uh, is, is a Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine, right? 
Uh, and, uh, and so when he was in the Marines, uh, he picked up this nasty habit of smoking. Um, and when he was in Vietnam and, and so I saw some pictures, uh, as a little kid, uh, seeing my dad, uh, smoking and he didn't like that. He didn't want us to see that. And, and yet to see those pictures and then to hear some other stories, because down in the basement, we found, uh, we found some old pipes one, one day, my brothers and I. And so then we started walking around with, you know, these old pipes around. And that was the last day that ever happened because dad got rid of those. Um, but I so much appreciate and love my dad uh, because he didn't want that influence on us. And he, he stopped all that um, because he didn't want us to be, to be ensnared or to be entrapped in that. And, and that's just a little microcosm of our heavenly father. Again, my dad wasn't perfect. Um, when my wife's really upset with me, she tells me that I'm like my dad. And I, I don't know that that's a good thing, but I think that is a good thing. In some ways, that's a great quality. In other ways, that's not a good quality. When she says I'm like my mother, then I'm doing something really good. So um, we'll, we'll save that Mother's Day sermon for, for Mother's Day. But when I'm talking about our father and we look at the scriptures and we look at this, it's interesting to see the different um, concepts and the different ideas when we start to break it down of what a father really looks like. This isn't a Father's Day sermon. Um, this is to look at the beginning of this prayer as the disciples in, in the, the Gospel of Luke, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Jesus says, hey, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven. So what does that mean? So often we can look past this and we kind of lose this, the, the spectrum. We lose sight of what that term really looks like. And so as we look at this, we need to kind of go back and to think back of Old Testament. When you read the Old Testament, how did the Old Testament saints view God? The Old Testament saints view God not necessarily as a father, and they didn't see him as one who was unkind or unloving. He was loving and gracious and kind. He provided for them. We see that as he provided for Israel, as he brought them out of Egypt. He, he was gracious in providing the, the manna, and then even to take a next step, the quail that they, that they yearned for, that they desired. So God wasn't viewed as one who was unkind or uncaring or even distant. He was there. He was there in the cloud. He was in the pillar of, of, the, of day and the cloud, the pillar of light at night, the cloud during the day. He would come into the temple. He would come and dwell with them. When we get to the New Testament, though, Jesus helps us to see uh, a, a the same person, but at a different angle. And, and they're not in opposition. So this isn't, okay, one God is described in the Old Testament as this fierce, violent, um, almost uh, 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 higher than above, hated God versus all oh, this loving, gracious, merciful, all-forgiving God in the New Testament. There, there isn't this opposition fighting one another. And so I want to be careful this morning that, that I'm not saying the Old Testament God is any different than the New Testament God. It is the same God. 
And so when we look at that and we read the Old Testament, we see this God and this view and perspective that is the same God that when we read in the New Testament, it's the same exact God. It's just from a different perspective. And God gives us more insight into who he is. And so we see Jesus as he helps continue to shape our view of who God the Father is. He says that he came to do the will of the Father. Jesus' whole purpose when asked, why are you here? What are you doing? He said, I am here to do the will of my Father. And so there's a, a, a submission. There's a, there's a realization that, okay, here is Jesus, the Son that was sent to the world, but the Father is above him, but they are all three in one. We know the Father, Son, and Spirit. And so how does this harmony work? Well, we see that ultimately when Jesus is headed to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying and, and he's talking to his Father. And he calls him this term, Abba, Father. He calls him Daddy. And, and in some spectrums, uh, it has almost taken it too far, where, where it's this common, like, daddy, daddy, child, daddy relationship, which is not bad in a sense where, yes, God is, is uh, accessible. We talked about that last week. We're able to go and to have a, a relationship with him. We're able to go to him. We can view him as loving, as kind of protector, uh, as a father. Um, but we also need to see him in his fullness, too, the fullness of his righteousness, of his holiness, of his perfection, um, and so as Jesus is approaching um, uh, the father and asking him, Daddy, Daddy, if it would be your will to take this cup from me, please do so. But if not, I'm here. I'm going to do it. Because he was all about the will of his father. So there's four things that this term father kind of helps us to understand. Number one is this authority, right? Authority. The father is the top dog, all right? Meaning this, when my dad told us to do something as boys, we better do it. And if we didn't do it, we could ask. But sometimes dad would reply with this, because I said so. Your dad ever tell you that? Your mom ever tell you that? Anybody ever tell you that? I got that a lot when I was growing up. Well, dad, why do I have to do that? Because I said so, Aaron, that's why. But that's not a reason. Yes, it is. I'm your dad. You're going to obey me. And so that authority level of realizing who our father is. And so the beginning of this prayer where, where God is teaching us to pray, we automatically, right off the top, we get confronted with who's the authority. And so as we're praying, our father, he has all authority. He is the man. He is on top. He is the creator God. When we think of the second action of this word or this phrase, our father, we see the connection. So we have authority and then we see this connection. There's a personal relationship. And I love this where it says our father, where there's a, an assumption to say, hey, we're in, we're in a relationship with the God of the universe, the creator, the one who is so majestic and so high that we could actually be connected with him is absolutely amazing. 
And so here we have this connection where we're reminded, as John wrote in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, that we could have that connection with the Father, with the creator God. It's amazing. Third is the intimacy. Intimacy with the Father. He is love. God is love. He doesn't just show it. He is love. God the Father is love, and he continues to show us what it is. He continues to show us grace and mercy and care. He forgives us. He is kind. He is gentle. Intimacy. The Father has an intimate relationship with his children. I love my kids. And as they get older, they tend not to cuddle quite as much. But sometimes, I have to admit, sometimes I feel a little bit good when they get sick because then they come and cuddle with us. But I don't want them sick bad, but just enough so that they want to come. And just to spend that time snuggled up in intimacy, in a healthiness that treasures who they are. Your father desires to have an intimate relationship with you. That's why I think in the end when we see the, uh, the book of Revelation and when we all stand before God and there will be some who God will say, I never knew you. Isn't it interesting that it, didn't, it doesn't say, you never knew me. It's God saying, I never knew you. There wasn't that intimate relationship that I could have with you. Yet as followers of believers of, of Christ, we have that intimate access, that ability to come to Jesus. And where Jesus, through Jesus, the Father says, I know you. You are my child. He's our daddy, our father, and the intimacy that comes along with that. The fourth and final aspect of this is obedience. Authority, connection, intimacy. And what is the Father? Along with that authority comes uh, understanding that what he says and when he says it, we need to obey. I don't remember the source and I don't remember the exact story, but I remember this uh, missionary and uh, his family and, uh, and the kids had learned to obey their dad really well. And uh, they were on this foreign field, and there was this time where uh, the boy was standing underneath the tree, and his dad saw something that was going on, and he told his son, hit the ground. You've got to hit the ground. Duck or fall, you've got you to gotta get to the ground. The son didn't hesitate, and he immediately went to the ground. He listened to his daddy. He obeyed him. And it saved his life because at that very moment, there was a snake, a huge snake that was in the tree that was coming down and was going to, going, going to get him. It was attacking him. And his dad saw it. I remember hearing that story when I was younger in life and thinking, man, would I obey my dad like that? But also, would I obey my father, my heavenly father, 
Do I obey him like that? Or do I have these conditions that I have to wait, God, can you tell me, wait, how far are we going? Where do you want? Why are you doing this? When we start our prayer with our father who is in heaven, it helps us to see his magnificent, magnificent and his power and his splendor. It also helps us to realize who we are. That we are his children and in that we have a duty and we have a responsibility and we can trust our heavenly father. So as we come to him in prayer, we can bring to him and know that he hears us, that he loves us and he wants what is best. That the king of the universe has given us the opportunity to come underneath his authority, to have a connection to have intimacy, and to have the ability to obey him. The beginning of our prayer, it's not a title. So as we look at this prayer, it's not just a title, our Father. It's not just a title, but it's an understanding, and it's a belief of who God is. Who God is in my life, and how it makes all the difference when I pray to him. I want to read to you just a, a little um, story from um, 1988. And I think it kind of shares uh, with us uh, just what some fathers will do for their children. I'm reading from taking with my father or talking with my father. Jesus teaches on prayer from Ray Stedman. It's from the Discovery series, and actually, I'm going to put a little plug in. Uh, out in the foyer, there are in at the Welcome Center little devotionals, uh, daily breads, and then there's two different devotionals: one for teens and one for children. And uh, I encourage you get into God's Word, and we've provided some of these helps. This is just a little booklet that uh, that I've read through, and that's been a helpful. and uh, And I think this story you'll enjoy as you think about our Father. In 1988, a massive earthquake shook Armenia, collapsing hundreds of buildings and trapping thousands of people in the rubble. Many were rescued from beneath the ruined buildings during the first few hours of the disaster. But after the first day, hope quickly faded that any others would be found alive. One man, however, refused to quit. Why? Because this man was a loving father. Working feverishly at the ruins of a school where his own son and dozens of other schools or other children had been buried by the earthquake, he removed bricks and timbers with his bare hands, working all day and all night. Three days he worked without sleep, then four days, then five. People told him to stop, to give up hope. Finally, six days after the quake, he removed a fallen section of wallboard and found an air pocket. He called his son's name. And several young voices weakly answered, including a voice that said, Daddy, you came for me. I thought you had given up. Sometimes we think that God takes forever to reach us when we call out to him. Perhaps at times it's because our lives are cluttered with so much rubble and debris that he must remove it before we can see the daylight of his love. That same dedication that it took for that man to stay after it. No sleep, no rest, 
searching and yearning for his kids. That's our father. That's our God that we get to go and pray to every single day. And he loves us that much. And so when we begin to pray, pray not a title, but pray the relationship and all that it means. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be his name. He is God and alone is God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you that you are holy and righteous. God, I am so thankful that you are the king of the universe. There is no one mightier or stronger or greater than you. And yet in your mighty and your strength and all your glory, Lord, for us to be able to call out and to name you our Father, what a gift. What a gift that it shows us that we can submit to your authority as our dad, as our heavenly father who's perfect. It shows our connection that there's a real relationship, that you aren't some distant God who left us to be here on this earth, but that you sent your son and that we can walk with you each and every day. Lord, and that you desire an ongoing intimate relationship with us. And you show us the importance of, of obeying you, of trusting you, that what you say is for our best and for our good. So help us, Lord, as we continue to learn to pray, that we would pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Help us to be faithful in praying. Help us to make sure that we view you in a correct and right and biblical way. And may you continue to show yourself faithful to us. Help us to see those little areas where you show up this week as our Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.